There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Right now, let's get started with a little Am I the Butthole? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an A. Am I the asshat? Now, my husband, bless his heart, uh, when he was bored one day, uh, uh, sent me a few of these. But I stumbled upon one that's very short, probably isn't much of a debate, but rather hysterical. Oh, fun. Um, or, or not hysterical, but just like, oh, wow. So we're going to start with that one. These are taken, right, we take these right from the real Reddit thread, Am I the A-hole? Uh, so these are written from, uh, we don't write these. These are from the person that posts it. So here we go. And I love this headline. Am I the asshat for telling my boyfriend his poor hygiene bothers me? <laughs> no, take a shower. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I, know, take I don't, a do I need to know more? I feel like no. No, and that's why I love, again, uh, this is strictly just for us to have a good chuckle. Maybe discuss for a moment or two. <laughs> Here we go. Am I the asshat for telling my boyfriend his poor hygiene bothers me? I have been dating uh, him for a couple months. In the beginning, he would shower every time he saw me. Now that we spend a lot of time together and sleeping over, he goes two, three, four days without showering, even when we are outside hiking and doing stuff. And he almost never brushes his teeth. <gasps> I kept asking him to do these things, and he refuses. I told him it bothers me. And even when it comes to sex, it's dangerous to me to get bacteria from him. Uh, am I yep. am I an insensitive a-hole? No. No. No, girl. No. 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 You've done no. the world a favor. <laughs> oh, not brushing your teeth. I just feel like there's a lot oh going God. on there with him. Yes. That maybe is beyond her ability to care for. Yes. I'm just saying, like, that's a level of unhygiene that is chronic <laughs> and also it's going to affect the day-to-day quality yes. of your life yes mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. say no girl yeah. just say no it's one thing if they wear a stinky thin synthetic jersey right because that's nasty yeah. and sometimes you got called that out yeah it's yeah. gross that's fine or maybe like mm, i smell your musk yeah Maybe it's time to get in the shower. Yeah. A light suggestion. Yeah. Make it fun. Make it fun and go with him. Yeah. I bet that would entice him. Although that being said, you don't need to be responsible for his showering. Yeah. No. 
No. Yeah, you gotta you ooh, even yeah. consider the whole I mean, if you have to go into mom mode in your relationship, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, no. No. It's time to go. Yeah. I just feel like he's Yeah. I feel like you, she's not the asshat for suggesting that he uh clean himself. No. <laughs> I again I just feel like that's a phrase a standard, you, right? Yeah, like yeah. But also I would I would say if she were my friend, I'd be like, girl, I think you need to find a cleaner boyfriend. I think this one's Have we're, either we're of now. you dated a stanky person? Mm-mm. No, not a stanky person. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I had, I mean, I uh, I had the opposite. Like, I dated a guy who really overused cologne in an offensive oh. way. And I was like, you know, we could, it smells good, uh, but a dot's a lot. So, just a little, a little goes a long way. Little dabble, do ya? Exactly. You don't need to, you don't need to empty the entire bottle uh, each time you use it. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Wouldn't you smell yourself after a while? I think you don't. don't. I think you just get you're marinating in your stank, and you just don't even notice it. Yeah, and you love the smell of your own brand. Clearly, I know this because I have teenagers who routinely do sniff checks on each other because they can't smell their own like stank. Stank. So how does that work? They just like go up to each other and they just take a huff. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. One of them will go. Do I smell? And my daughter is the best sniffer in the house. Like you can like be across the room and she'll be like, "Get in the shower," and she doesn't keep it quiet. So I actually like think she's doing a better job of because you know she's thirteen, and the teenagers listen to the thirteen-year-old, and they probably think. If my sister can smell me, all the teenagers can smell me, right? And they care about it. So she like she'll send them up to the. She'll be like, "Go to the shower now." Um, But sometimes one of the boys will go up to the other one and lift his arm. I mean, you know, things are about to go down when somebody lifts an arm and goes, "Do I smell?" And then some. Then usually, it's just it's never met with. Yeah, you don't smell good, right? Like there's name calling and maybe like some physical stuff. <laughs> it's just really boy. It's just very boy. It doesn't end well. No, never does. No. Okay, I have one more. Okay. A little bit of a long one, but mm. here's the uh, intriguing headline. Am I the asshat for not leaving the bathroom when a child needed it? Hey, everybody. This sounds kind of stupid to me, but maybe my perspective is wrong. My friend slash roommate, a dude in his 30s, who we will call Kevin, has an 11-year-old daughter who we can call Rachel. For context purposes, she has no physical disabilities, bladder control issues, etc. She doesn't live with us full-time, but she does come every other weekend and on some uh, weekends for visitation. Every time she does, she's always expecting people to do a lot of stuff for her that she could do herself, such as my dad will carry my stuff, get my drinks, plate my food, give me some of his uh, drink, food after... I finished mine because he loves me. This came to a point where Kevin actually finally told her last night that she can stop coloring for long enough to get her own water. We live in a two-bedroom apartment with one bathroom. When I, female in my 20s, went in this morning to brush my teeth, Rachel came over and said that she needed to use the bathroom. I told her to wait and that she can't try to kick me out every time she wants to pee. This was at least the fourth time that she's done this this weekend. Kevin tried to tell me that I I should leave so that she can use the bathroom because using the toilet takes priority over everything else. 
To be clear, she came in while I was already in the process and not asking once uh, she saw me. She waited for a maximum of two and a half minutes. Once I was out, Kevin and I had a brief discussion in which he expressed that he felt it was inappropriate for me to make either him or Rachel wait when I was not physically using the turlet. My stance is that if someone is doing a short task, they are there first, and it's not an emergency, they should wait their turn. This seemed to be the common rule of shared bathrooms to me, but maybe I was wrong. Am I the asshat? Mm. I am of a few minds on this one. Okay. But Holly, I know that you lived in a family where a lot of people shared one bathroom. Yep. What are you? I, I'm curious about your thoughts about that. She can wait. Yeah. This person is not the asshat. If you have limited bathroom resources, you have to just ask and say, hey, can I use the bathroom? And then you say, when I'm done, I will be done in a minute. And then you accept that. Yeah. Yes. I grew up in a house where many folks shared a single toilet. Mm-hmm. And you have to be vocal, but you also have to be patient. And courteous. And right? courteous. Right. So that's the thing that's missing. There's like a nuance missing in the story of like, how was it asked? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I, I guess I feel like, okay... Because we do this at my house, too. There's five of us. We have a couple bathrooms, but there's one that everybody sort of uses but on their way out the door, right? So, And that happens to be the one that I usually brush my teeth in. Well, if I'm brushing my teeth in that bathroom and somebody goes, hey, can I quick use the bathroom? Guess what? We have sinks in our... We have other sinks. We have like a sink in the kitchen. So I'm fine. Oh, yeah, sure. And I will take my toothbrushing out to the kitchen and finish up there. I don't, that's, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I also see a case to just say, oh, just give me one more minute, right? Brushing your teeth doesn't take a long time. No. It's not like drying your hair. No. So I don't know. I, I don't know that I want, I'm comfortable calling her the ass hat, but I do think there's a conversation to be had. Yes. I think it's just a matter of, I think it's a conversation, not specifically about the bathroom. I agree. I think it's a common courtesy bathroom yeah. conversation of, you just rude. Yeah. I mean, you, you, the world does not revolve. I think it's an opportunity for a good lesson for this little girl. Yeah. Well, there's a little boy who cried wolf-esque moment there, too, because like the moment you really need it for an emergency, oh, uh, if you've yeah. always kicked somebody out... But then the time that you really, it's like an actual, like, oh, it's like a Dollar General dollar, bag dollar general, yeah. <laughs> emergency. And yes. you don't have a Dollar General bag yes. under the sink. You, you, you know? are Emily. There is a state trooper yes. and you are holding a bag. Yes. You've got to, pl- <laughs> you know, you've got to, you got to you know, put some, uh, put some good, good stuff in the bank there before oh. that happens. Right. Kenny Rogers. No one to hold them and no one to fold them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't use that ace card every time again emily side of the road dollar general bag. dollar general bag. it's a thing <laughs> that could be you and you're gonna you're gonna need to turn in that card gosh i haven't laughed that hard in a long time oh, hearing that God. story Oof. you and holly and alexis and i all four of us oh, oh my God. gosh that was last tuesday by the way if you need yeah. the podcast hour three hour three last tuesday alexis's mom having a off-road accident and thank god she had a dollar general bag to help her out mm-hmm. and her exclusive explosion that's right <laughs> yep her, her 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 butt on full display on highway oh on gosh. i-90 I can't. that's so good and just 
the way she described it and the level of extraneous details that she gave leading up to it. Oh and my Alexis, gosh. Alexis trying to get her back, like get focused on just that angle of the story. It was so funny. It was so relatable. Yeah. Like, so mom. Anyway. <laughs> uh, am I the asshat? Monday and Wednesdays right here in the third hour. We're going to take a break. The dirtle. Hey, it's Holly for my friends at Nutritional Weight and Wellness and my sugar-filled summer. Well, it's left me feeling drained, inflamed, and sluggish this fall, and I'm ready to break up with sugar. And if you're ready to break up with sugar, too, the Nutritional Weight and Wellness's new class, How to Break Up with Sugar in 28 Days, is for you. In this 28-day challenge, you'll be guided by one of Nutritional Weight and Wellness's registered and licensed dietitians. They'll be with you every step of the way, supporting you through the sugar breakup process. And every week for four weeks, you'll get new information leading you through each stage of your sugar breakup with pre-recorded lessons and a challenge tracker so you can chart your progress. Plus, weekly Q&A live sessions a private online community. All of that means you won't be alone in your sugar breakup. And I'm taking the challenge too. Nutritional Weight and Wellness's 28-Day No Sugar Challenge starts September 25th. And roll now. Go to mytalk1071.com, keyword no sugar, to sign up today. That's keyword no sugar. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Welcome back, Jason and Alexis in the morning. Alexis is off today. Queen filling in. Hello. Ollie's here. Yeah. The Dirt Alert. Oh, the Dirt Alert today is living up to its name because over the weekend, there was a lot of nasty news making headlines. Mm. Mm. We're going to start with Russell Brand, who was the subject of a very thorough and intense investigation by the Sunday Times and Channel 4. Uh, where sexual assault allegations were made against Russell Brand. Four women came forward anonymously, uh, but their stories are detailed in a new Sunday Times report published over the weekend. The, the accusers haven't been named, including one who said she was sexually assaulted during a relationship with him when he was uh, she was 16 years old. Another woman says Brand raped her in Los Angeles in 2012. Now, Russell Brand came out with a video on his YouTube channel on Friday, rejecting all the claims, saying that his relationships were always consensual. And now he is the subject uh, of investigations by the BBC, Channel 4, and uh, this morning UK police have been urged to investigate Russell, Russell Brand. Excuse me. Ugh. And he's also using the excuse that now that he speaks out against uh, the culture and mainstream media, that mainstream media is coming after him, which is a very convenient yeah. excuse. I, yeah, I, uh, I, this, uh, I feel like this just keeps happening and we haven't figured, like people haven't figured out how to do this yet. Do you see what I mean? Like the YouTube uh, excuses and exp- like let the investigation happen. Yeah, and Russell Brand issued that statement before the report came mm-hmm. out because it came out on Saturday okay. night in a television special in the UK. The Sunday Times report, I believe, was also published on Saturday. So he came out ahead of it mm-hmm. and issued these statements saying that he was attacked, to Jason's point, <sighs> saying that he was being persecuted by the mainstream media. You know, because Russell Brand has pivoted from working right. with major studios and being in movies and TV shows to having his YouTube channel where he focuses on a lot of mm, conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. 
alternative news. So what you're saying is this tracks. This tracks. Yeah. Well, and Holly, I'm glad that you said thorough right off the top because I know that it's in vogue. I know that it is popular. I mean, you know, we, we, we are now in an age where nobody has any trust of any institution, which I find very sad, especially the media. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I want, I want to throw in this little nuanced point. I, I know that our industry messes up um, a lot, but we're one of the few industries where we, when we do mess up, and I'm talking journalism, yeah. not a show like this, but journalism. We're one of the few industries, though, that when we do mess up, we have to issue a correction. Right. Um. I just want folks to know that the, the, this is a what three different organizations and years of of investing and years yeah. of work went into this. The BBC is not going to put a report on that could get them sued. Mm-hmm. That my point. So just think when you're when you're immediately um, when you are your immediate reaction because you don't like the media is to not trust a report like this. I just just put in your mind if you could if you could hold this space too for this thought companies like this don't put out a report Mm -hmm. uh, willy nilly. It has to be sourced. It goes through lawyers because they don't want to get sued. I also wish the garden variety person understood that, that the media media companies are held to ethical standards. Yes. So to that end, there is a process and a procedure for investigating something it's not like i heard from sally and sally heard from her friend it's not gossip this is gossip like what we do here is gossip what what they what media companies what reporters do is an actual investigation where they have to to your point jason back up allegations Mm -hmm. With like you said, they don't they don't want to get sued. No, and their job is to the public to inform the public. Yeah, yeah. The Sunday Times with Channel Four, they've been working on this for years, where they interviewed hundreds of sources, and the I, I read the whole Sunday Times report. It is I did very too. it is very clear and concise, and it comes with receipts. And Oof. when you read the full report, it is really disturbing. So giving you that warning mm-hmm. that if you don't want to read about details about sexual assault and uh, other forms of violence, then maybe you might want to skip out on that. Uh, but that being said, you know, he's adamantly denying this. I'm always suspicious of people when there's a situation like that, that mm-hmm. say everybody mm-hmm. in that situation is corrupt except them. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am always, and not just mm. Mr. Brand, but I am always suspicious when something like this happens. That and they're, oh, everybody else, everybody. Everybody. The investigators, the newspapers, the editors, the writers, the women, the, the mm-hmm. everybody is corrupt except the person. People all, should be, that should get your hackles up. Yes. That should make you stand at attention. Yeah. Uh, more stories like this at mytalk1071.com and another Dirt Alerts coming up at 1220 and 520. We are going to take a very, very, very small break. We'll be back right after this. it today we're just having too much darn fun it's too much to get to but i have my all of my old ass movie review tomorrow uh i saw elemental pixar disney pixar's elemental oh 
I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, which is available right now on Disney Plus, along with uh, a, a fave of mine, the live action Little Mermaid. Oh, it's so I good. I love it so much. It is so good. Did you see it, Colleen? Oh, yes. Did you love it? Loved it and loved it even more. Well, so like when I, okay, when I saw it, I went in expecting something slightly different because the animated version is like more colorful and there's a lot of darkness in this telling of the same story. Yeah. Like tonally it's dark. And so I wasn't in a, like I, that was a shift for me. And so like, it took me a while to adjust to that. And then I started to do more reading about some of the choices that they made um, with the with the live action version. And once I was informed more about it, I began to love it differently. Does that make sense? It makes yeah. absolute sense to me. Like there were pieces of the lore of mermaids that I was not aware of that made me love this version more. The siren song, the you know power what? Of the song, yes, but also, I, well, I don't know. I don't want to go like to a, a sad place, but there is like a, there is a, a, there is a some. Okay, I'll just say it. From what I understand, when, when, um, when they were bringing slaves across the water in boats, yeah. If a woman had a baby on the boat, they would sometimes throw the child over the side of the boat, knowing that where they were going was worse than what they could imagine. Yeah. And part of the lore that they told themselves was that those children went on to live as mermaids under the water. When you know that version of the story, it changes how you view it. View it. And so I did some reading about that kind of stuff and I understood why Lin-Manuel Miranda made some of the choices that were made yeah, and the allegories that are woven in there mm. so beautifully throughout. Um, it just really is a stunning work. It probably is one of my favorite live action remakes. I second, third and fourth that emotion. Yeah. I, what I loved about it, and I said this in my review, and I, I don't want I don't want to speak for Colin, but I think I can in this case. Um, I've been to since well, two thousand when I started at Channel Nine and started doing entertainment reporting. I probably have been to thousands of movie screenings, just advanced screenings over the years. Um, I have rarely been as moved. I have rarely cried like I did. Mm even before the movie started. And what I mean by that is I get the, I I don't get it, but you know, the pre-release, the pre-release gossip rags Mm. about how Disney was too woke and the backlash. I even had somebody in my life that was like, I'm not saying it because Ariel isn't black. They're changing it just to be woke. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause I don't, I got to tell you, I don't, this makes, I don't prescribe to that. I don't, I, I I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't enjoy shows that uh seem to be checking off a checklist to mm-hmm. make sure that they're in the moment and they're I don't like that. Remember and Holly and I were talking just like that season one. 
uh, Alexis, we were all discussing it. I it didn't seem organic. They seemed like okay. We have to have a non-binary character. We mm-hmm. have to have uh, black friends. And it just didn't seem natural. So it's actually a disservice to what you're trying to accomplish. I say all of that because putting all of that on the shelf, you, I dare you to sit where Colin and I were. We were on the aisle at this advanced screening that the PR company had smartly, you know, these screenings are sometimes co-sponsored by people, mm-hmm. by companies. Uh, and they, they they pick partnerships at work. And they had chosen, uh, the PR company had chosen some black-owned businesses, uh, black-run newspapers. So there was a large chunk of the audience that were black families. Yeah. And Colin and I sat there, and I'm not kidding. I don't care how long I do this. You need to check your heart if you we we cried because if you would see the faces of these mm-hmm. little black girls who have never seen other than Tiana who rarely see a Disney princess or character that looks like mm-hmm. them that is the lead yeah that the that that it, you should have seen them Holly's I'm refer I'm uh, Holly's heard this so Colleen you should have they were dressed up in costumes and the mothers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the girls that made Colin and I cry. It was the joy of the mothers who are our age who didn't have this when they were kids. Yeah. And now their daughters have this, that there's an aerial that look looks like them. Yeah. It was joyful. Yeah. Like my heart was full before the damn Disney picture animation came right. on. I could have gone home there. These little girls were euphoric. Yeah. They were cheering at songs. And normally that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Representation <laughs> matters. And if you are a person who finds yourself saying, no, it doesn't, check your privilege because that is because you are represented. So representation matters. When you see when you see people putting effort toward it in to your point, Jason, a way that doesn't feel forced and inauthentic. Yes. Do your research. Learn something you haven't learned before. And open your mind. And heart. And your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colin's, my husband looked at me and he goes, you know, um, I think I'm just secure in myself. We have enough heroes and and heroines that look like us. There's Why room. is it threatening? Yeah. We are not threatened by the fact that this aerial does not look like us. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We already have an aerial that looks like us. Yeah. Why does that bother you? Yeah. I did say to the friend that we had a. I go. Why does it bother you? Yeah. Like what? What's the? It's but a, I think that's a good character. question too, Jason. I think that's a really good question that invites somebody to examine, like why they're upset about it, right? And oftentimes you'll hear people do like a tap dance around it. But they're not getting to the nut of it. And if you can just keep asking that question, no, really, like what actually is bothersome to you about this? Yes. Again, to borrow, you know, a concept and a phrase from Hamilton, there's room for everything. There's room enough in this world. Mm -hmm. And we're better for it. And we are better for it. Better for it. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, that movie is stunning and beautiful. I have but one critique. Yeah. What is it? It's so dumb. It Trust home, me, it's so Bring dumb. It There's one moment, like Javier Bar- Javier Bardem is like 
amazing the whole time. And they do him a disservice in his final scene when he's sort of like bobbing in the water and he's lost. He's lost like the underwater, like fabulousness animation. Like, you know what I mean? And he's sort of like bobbling, bobbing in the water, like just a wet dude. Yeah. And I'm like, that is King. He's King the, Triton. He's King Triton. And he's just like, bye. Like, just soaking. I don't know why that was so jarring for me. I get what you mean. You know why? It's because I, you know, we're such nerds. Colin and I watched the whole two hour making of, of this. Mm. All of the hair. Yes. If they're the characters underneath, when they're underwater, everybody, when you watch it, that is all computer animated hair. Right. Every frame. They all wore wig caps. Javier, uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. So all of that beautiful flowing hair, that's all fake. So you're, oh my God, cleaner. He does look like just a, like a drenched Just like a dude. He's just like bobbing (laughs) in the water. I'm like, what? You did him dirty. What? Like, give me the, give me the hair. Like, give me some, give me something. He's Um, just, it's like they just, I don't know. But that was, that was the, that's my only like major critique. Um, Can we also end, since we had a, a, a lovely, serious and important conversation about the Little Mermaid. Let's end on what we do best. Can I just be completely superficial to sure. wrap this up? Um, a Prince Eric. Thank you. I'm just going to say that. Just, mm-hmm. um, he is not, not homely. No, he's no. easy on the eyes. Uh huh. I did not have trouble. No. Imagining. No. Why she was so into him. Oh no i I would you, get a tail. Yeah. I would. Get I would get flippers. I would <laughs> give up. My life under the water face and my voice for oh, that. I'm one. going with Zaddy Javier Bardem. Bye. Oh, that's okay. okay. Oh, oh, Holly, yes. Bobbing in the water at the end. Okay. Holly's that's diving fine. in. That's fine. Holly can have Holly. Yep. That's great. Hey. You can have King Triton. Colleen and I will give up our le- our Lieutenant Dan legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have flippers uh, for, for Prince Eric. That's fine. Listen, I'll swim in his dimples every once in a while. Oh, right. I will be a mute flipper. <laughs> <laughs> will be a mute flipper for Prince Harry. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Um, Holly has written uh, uh, woof on the sheet today. Connected to what? Woof. You're going to find out. Ooh, everything mice. Let's talk about it. Plunkett's Pest Control. Ooh, baby. These chilly days mean that pests, they're on the move. They're looking for warm havens, and that haven is your home. You know, mice can crunch their body down to a quarter of an inch and get through those cracks in your home, and that's why it's important to have Plunkett's out uh, to make sure that they do some exterior treatments to make sure they don't get in in the first place. Of course, when they do, if they do, uh, they, of course, can help as well. You can call them on a one-time basis, or you can get on an annual plan like I do. I've called Patrick multiple times for wasps, for uh, mice in the garage. Uh, what, what was the other recent thing? Oh, uh, just to get in front of these fall invaders, box elder bugs. In fact, he's, he's coming this week to take care of business, and that's really a wonderful thing. It's a good thing, as Martha Stewart says. So please give them a call if you ha- are having any pest issue. Plunkets.net or my talk keyword, pest. And now on Jason and Alexis in the morning, a message from our sponsor. From like the 70s or 80s. Come on in.
This has been a Jason and Alexis classic commercial. We now return you to our regularly scheduled mediocre radio show. They got the spirit over there on CBS, the spirit of shows from Ecuador. Because <laughs> we don't have any shows over here. I mean, how true that is right now. Yeah. NCIS Easter Island coming to CBS this fall. <laughs> Tonga, that's another one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason and Alexis in the morning right here on my talk. Okay, uh, let's wrap up. Uh, let's dock the ship here. Um, uh, and we're going to end it with Holly has written on our show sheet today. Jan Wenner? Wiener? Jan Wenner. Jan, oh, oh, hello. Jan Wenner. Jan Thank Wenner. Thank you. Okay. Woof. 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 Woof, you guys. Woof. Jan Wenner, the co-founder of Rolling Stone magazine. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Among other things, he's got a new book out. Okay. And it's called The Masters. And it's his interviews over the course of his career with some of his rock star besties. He considers these folks the masters of rock and roll. He has conversations with Bono, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, and Pete Townsend. So those are what uh, Jan Winter considers to be the masters of rock and roll. He was just on Stern. He had a great interview with Stern about six months ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Jan Wenner was taken to task by the New York Times being like, well, Jan Wenner, um, notice that all of the people that you're highlighting in your book are uh, white dudes. Mm. Mm. And what's up with that? And what Jan Wenner said made me write woof. Oof. He said, of all the women of rock and roll, that no woman... We're philosophers of rock. And that they are not inarticulate, but he said that they did not meet the tests of Jan Winner. No woman did not meet a test. And when somebody asked, well, hey, what about Joni Mitchell? He's like, nope, she didn't in my mind. Uh, Oh, but wait, there's more. Then he was asked about, well, why haven't, why do you have no black artists as masters of rock and roll? Mm-hmm. Folks who pioneered the genre created it. He said they just didn't articulate at that level. Oh. Okay. To the New York Times. Oh. Gross. Yeah. I don't think he's articulated oh. at that level. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He said of the folks that he did choose, you know, there were deep things about a particular generation and a particular spirit and a particular attitude about rock and roll. Not that others weren't, but these were the ones that could really articulate it. Okay. Can I tell you guys, my husband, uh, my husband reads only one genre and it's very specifically rock biographies, autobiographies, or like, like rock related, music related uh, nonfiction. Oh, and he read this book. Oh, and well, this, this is one why hasn't, this one hasn't come out yet. So he did oh, okay. write an autobiography. So that's Jan the Winner. one that he just read. Yeah, was Jan Winner's autobiography. Mm-hmm. And his take on it was it was literally like trip over every name. He dropped so many names. That's basically all he did. And it was very like this is a, a direct quote from my husband. 
I Christmased with Mick Jagger. And then I went to the south of France with Paul McCartney and on and on and on and on. And that was just the gist of it. So it seems to me that this is a person who wants to prop himself up by his very famous friends. Oh, yeah. But he himself is not. I mean, obviously, he's had a very successful career of his own, but I don't know that. I'm interested very much. I, he doesn't seem like an interesting person to me, is what uh-huh. I'm saying. Yeah, and I want to get his quote about when the New York Times interviewer asked him about, hey, Carol King, Madonna, right? Tina, a million examples. Jan Wenner said the reason that he didn't interview any women in his new book, he just said, insofar as the women, just none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. Nope. Linda Ronstadt? Nope, not, not intellectual enough, Jason. Pat Benatar? No, not even Pat Benatar, man. Nobody. Nobody for him. So, you know what? He faced some consequences about his interview. Uh, He was removed from the Rock Hall Leadership, an organization linked to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He has since apologized uh, for his comments to the New York Times. Stevie Nicks? No, not even no. Stevie Nicks. Not, not articulate enough. Uh-huh, not you know, articulate enough. This is one of those moments where I just want to say to him, like, do you engage your brain? Like, <laughs> when somebody asks a question like that, are you thinking, like, isn't there a piece of your brain that goes, well, I think this might go over like a fart in church. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how can I explain myself better? Yeah. Or differently? And not throw entire groups of uh, minority people under the bus. They're not articulate. No one's articulate enough, except for Bono. Cher? Not even Cher. Not articulate enough. Not articulate enough. I mean, that said, have you checked her Twitter? <laughs> yeah, she's still. I mean, she's still <laughs> she tweeting. Please. All caps. Yeah. Dolly Parton. No. Oh. Listen. Yeah, you could go on for days. I yeah. Know. Well, you know, and the thing to your point, Colleen, probably, you know, this book hasn't come out yet, but these interviews, Jan Winter's having them with his friends. Okay, so I, yeah. I went on the boat with Mick Jagger and I, we're BFFs and we hang out on Long Island together. So it's also like kind of part lazy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because yeah. it's like we were just on the yacht and I just like turned on my, you know, voice memo and asked a couple questions. Because uh-huh. it would have took some effort to contact Tina before right. she passed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. Like, yeah, in Sweden. Yeah. Woof! Yeah. Oh. That, so worthy of a wolf. Yeah. Wolf well, worthy. That's going to do it for us. If you're a kid listening that's being bullied, <laughs> you go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you you're doing it wrong. Right, Holly? That's right. You be you. And we're going to see you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us, Donna and Steve. Their experience is coming up next. See you soon.